Welcome to the One Corner at a Time podcast. I'm the host, Zachary Latham Williams. Now, little known fact, there was a time long, long ago when I used to rap. I made music and uh, I wanted exposure for that music. I reached out to a guy named Alan Hallis who ran a blog called Breaking and Entering. Fast forward a few years, Breaking and Entering has grown exponentially. Um, Alan has thrown uh, events and concerts and has had uh, some success. I wanted to speak to him about that success, about his uh, love for music and Milwaukee in general. This is a conversation that uh, I'm definitely excited to share. So with no further ado, Alan Hallis. Alan Hallis, welcome to the One Corner at Time podcast, man. Thank you for having me on, man. Thank you. Hey, so I like to always begin... Um, we know, and on my Alan's dog in the background. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the inspiration. Just I'm talking about the the genesis of of your love of music. Let's talk about that first. Of music in general, um, I always grew up around music. Uh, you you know the people listening can't see this, but we're sitting in front of a stack of records right now. Absolutely. Um, I, I grew up with my parents. Always had music playing in the house. Uh, even when I was a little kid, like like VHS tapes from artists and stuff like that, like early, like early VH1 and MTV and stuff like that was always on. So I just kind of grew up around it a lot, um, and then eventually hit the point where like I got older and got into like skateboarding. So I grew up around like a lot, like listening to a lot of like punk rock and stuff like that. And that was really my first introduction introduction to hip hop was after that. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, just that all kind of blended together. Um, and that's really where, like, that's really where hip-hop came to me was through skateboarding and video games and stuff like that. You know, you discover that. Um, so that led into producing music, which led into just wanting to be around as much music as possible. Like, I don't know, I was probably 11, 12 years old, something like that, when I was buying CDs. And then I was just always scooping up as many CDs as I could. Absolutely. So... Absolutely. You know, it just kind of grew. I don't know. I've kind of always been around music. So even from like a very little age on. Yeah. So. What was the first CD you remember buying? First CD I remember buying with my own money is Newfound Glory's self-titled album. Okay. I'm fairly certain that that's the one. Um, That's the one I'm going to claim, actually. There's a terrible one <laughs> that I have. Uh there's definitely a share believe single <laughs> that is either here or it's yeah. at my parents' house or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I had to have been about seven or eight years old, mm. something like that. Um, trying to think of some of the other early stuff. I know I had cassette tapes like uh, the I Get Knocked Down song, Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. I had that when I was a little <laughs> okay. kid, like. Savage Garden, yeah. stuff like that from like the nineties for sure. I so. see you got the you got the vinyl too, man. So what's uh because I feel like, you know, there's certain music like I you know, you got everything on streaming, right? Right. But it's certain music where I'm only gonna listen to it on vinyl. On vinyl, yeah. You get what I'm saying? So for me, like that's uh John Cole Train to Love Supreme. That's okay. Maxwell. Uh, Urban Hang Suite, like those are two albums I gotta listen to it on okay. vinyl, right? So what yeah. what's some of your what you got in your collection, man, for the vinyls? Um, little bit of everything, really. I mean, I have over this is probably over thirteen hundred records I have. Uh, 
Uh, um, I inherited a lot of it from my from my uncle, but he was really into like a lot of like classic rock and stuff like that. I've always been into like like I said, like kind of punk and new wave and stuff like that. Yeah. And so like that's kind of the stuff that I hear on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love listening to stuff that you can't really find on streaming on like records because there is still stuff out there like bootleg records and like. Um, I, you know, I am on the hunt always for like old hip hop records, yeah. like early, like eighties hip hop records. I think that those just sound cooler on vinyl, For sure, you know, just something about the way, like you get to experience it the way that people were experiencing it originally. And, you know, it's great that you can stream stuff and listen to, you know, early albums and things like that. But mm-hmm. like, it's also very cool to sometimes just hear it, how people, you know, would hear it. Yeah. So. You got any brothers or sisters? Uh, one little sister. One yeah. little sister. Okay. Cool. Yeah, cool. she's about five years younger than me. She works at a Good City Brewing right now. Right. So, so. okay. <laughs> now I want you to paint the picture for me, man. Um, you know, coming up in your household, and when you first got that love, right, okay. for music in general, but then when it veered off into hip hop, what was that like coming home? You know, playing that music. Was your parents? You know, what was their reaction? To oh, it? it was. It was different. And I mean, like. Um, I mean, my dad listened to like punk rock and stuff like that too. Like he actually, that's where I probably picked up a lot of that stuff from, honestly, is like getting, you know, CDs out of his CD collection or whatever. But once it kind of switched over to hip hop, it was kind of like my parents, I mean, they grew up, you know, Southside white parents that just Mm -hmm. didn't really know what they were getting into. Um... That being said, I do remember vividly like a seventh or eighth grade trip where it was like, it was like me and some guys that I hung out with and we were driving somewhere, probably like a school dance or something like that. And I was like, mom, you know, they, they kind of want to listen to this guy Eminem on this, the <laughs> CD that I have that I bought from my cousin that you don't know about. And I, I remember putting it on and my mom was kind of like nodding her head and she was like, like there was some punchline or something that she even laughed at. And I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> she gets it. My dad, maybe not so much, but like, I was sure. like, oh, maybe my mom doesn't hate it. Like, yeah. she's found some stuff that she can get into. Like, so I think she's a little more open minded when it comes to music. My dad, maybe not so much. Right, right. So, but then, I mean, of course, when you're a little kid, when you're like a teenager and you want to, like, you just want to do whatever your parents don't want to listen to, then you start listening to like all the hip hop. You true, know what I mean? True, like, for sure. Things change real quick then all of a sudden. <laughs> I still listen to like all the same stuff, like all the same punk and stuff like that. But, you know, once once they say no, that means you say yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Man, I remember. Um, you know, Walmart, they they sold the the edited CDs yep. or whatever. So when my mom finally, like, relented and let me fully embrace, you know, hip-hop, right. um, it, it, on her terms, her terms was like, all right, you could buy it as long as it's edited. The edited? So what I do, you know, we go to Walmart, buy the CD or whatever. But on my uh, own time, I go to Best Buy. And go get the little sticker on it. So, you know, I, I come out to her car and, you know, I got my CD out. Can we play this or whatever like that? Forget that it's the, you know, the, the real version. The- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that set me back for a little bit, man. She wouldn't yeah. be listening to straight gospel after that for a little while. <laughs> but no, her basement, man, it, it looked just like this with all of these records. And that's where my love of music came from, you know. So I started off more so, it, you know, it was with poetry, right? Like I okay. wrote poetry. But then being surrounded by so much music naturally. Yeah. And because of the environment, I began to rap and. That's, uh, you know, when we met, you know? Right. And, and, yeah, totally. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to remember, man. I 
If I'm not mistaken, dude, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I feel like one of the first blogs was about was a song that I sent you. For, it might have been. Yeah, yeah. It might have been back in the like the part of breaking and entering where we were just doing like Milwaukee Artist of the Week yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Which was, I mean, at the time we were just selling t-shirts. Yeah. We just thought, you know, I thought my way of getting people to the website was to feature a different Milwaukee artist. Absolutely. And I mean, there's always been kind of Milwaukee music linked to like whatever I've done, whether it's been producing or the website or whatever, sure. like, or the student radio show at Marquette, like every aspect of it has always had like some ties to Milwaukee music, even Absolutely. when we were just selling t-shirts. And that was kind of the start of breaking and entering was, yeah. you know, that's that was the blog era. So we were like, Around 2014, I said, let's go do it full time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so what was the inspiration behind Breaking Anner? Um, so it started actually as a podcast okay. in like 2009. It was me and a friend in high school that said we were both going into Marquette mm-hmm. and we both thought, you know, let's let's do a radio show. And it was just kind of a running joke, like in a study hall. We were like, let's do a radio show. And we said we'd be good. We'd have a good chemistry for it. Yeah. Um, then we said we weren't going to be good enough for student radio. So we decided to do a podcast mm-hmm. in the very primitive days of podcasts. And yeah, had was we, early. yeah, had we stayed with it for 10 years, we probably would have, <laughs> would have been in a whole different space, but, uh, that was kind of it. And we, when we were going to do it as a student radio show or as an original podcast, we said, let's do it, you know, out of our friend's dorm room. Cause we both stayed off campus. We both stayed at home with our parents and saved money. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to be on campus as much as we could. So he said, let's do it out of our friend's dorm. And then our friend Katie was like, well, you'll have to call it breaking and entering because that's the only way we would let you do it. (laughs) And I said, cool, we don't have a name, so let's do it. (laughs) And uh, we never actually ended up doing it out of her dorm room, but we did end up calling it breaking and entering. And we did like five or six episodes and out of my parents' basement. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, just kind of, Moved to student radio and then moved to the site after that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for me, having done music for a little while, not that I'm overly accomplished or anything like that, but that that artist side of just the grind, you know, trying to get heard, trying to get exposure. That's why me and all of DDH, we had such gratitude for you because you offered us that platform. You showed right. a lot of love. But I'm interested to hear like your side of it coming from the, yeah. I don't know if you would consider yourself still a blogger now or more of a journalist or whatever, but that side of it, you know, trying yeah. to get breaking and entering to, you know, yeah. a higher level. It's Tell me about that. A, it's a, definitely a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, there were weeks originally where like, when we were doing uh, like Milwaukee Artists of the Week where I would be like, I would just kind of, I didn't know anyone. So yeah. I was just kind of like, other than maybe the people that I produced for. And if nobody put anything out, so then our artist of the week was somebody that I found on like SoundCloud or Bandcamp or something like that. Like I would just dig and find music. Mm. And then 2014 was like, I had just graduated college. I knew that this is something I was like, I want to do this full time at some point, which we're not there yet, but we're we're working on it. Um, But I said, all right, well, if this is something I'm going to do, I'm going to like, we're going to put out stuff every day. And then it was like one post a day to like, let's do three. Mm-hmm. And I remember that like at one point being like, oh, I got to post a photo with every article or whatever, <laughs> yeah. which like now would be like insane to not do. Mm-hmm. But um, if you go back and look at some of the early articles, they're very primitive. But now <laughs> it's like, you know, it's grown to like just keep putting out more and more and more. 
Um, and I think my mentality behind all of that was just kind of like, all right, I don't really know everybody at the time, but if I just keep working and po- tagging people and posting and, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, if I just keep my head down and work, eventually people were going to say, hey, wait, all of this music, like the whole city's music is showing up on this site. What yeah. is this thing? And, Absolutely. you know, that that is kind of what happened to, to a certain extent. Right, right. No, I definitely, you know, now that I'm more in this format, with this medium of podcasting and doing different writing, I, I I think that initially I thought that I was some somehow not rapping would alleviate a lot of the um, insecurities I faced as a rapper. Right. Okay. So what I mean is, you know, you put something on SoundCloud, you're looking at the numbers. Right. You know. Yeah. But I put out a book and I'm looking at the numbers. Yeah. You know, podcast, looking at the numbers. Oh, yeah, no, totally, right. yeah. So in the early days with Breaking and Entering, when you're reaching out to people and, you know, you're relatively unknown at that time and maybe people not really, you know, yeah. responding as they should. Like, yep. tell me about how you kind of fought through that. Um. Well, you lie. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of like one thing that, like, we didn't really lie, but, like, you know, sometimes you would be like, we have X number of views a month or whatever. <laughs> and like, really views don't matter. But when you're first doing it, like, I was so stoked to get like 30 people seeing the website every day. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and now it's it's much more than 30. Thank right, God. Right, but like, um, you know, when, when people would ask, you would just say, you wouldn't keep the numbers in, involved. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I would just be like, yeah, we're a, we're a local media outlet. You know, uh, I mean, we have traffic coming to our site. I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say I lied, but sometimes you would embellish a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little. Embellish. You're a little more important <laughs> than you actually were, right, um, right. and that helped too. But the artists were the first people to really latch onto it, yeah, and were the first ones to really start sharing stuff and posting stuff. And then, you know, then I started getting like submissions, and I was like, oh, all right, there, there's something here. Like mm. this needs to be. You know, there's music that people want to get heard. For sure. Um, I do remember real early on, I don't remember who it was, but somebody tweeted that they had made it onto Breaking and Entering. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I wrote about this guy, but like, I was like, all right, he's tweeting people that he made it onto my side. I was like, sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that makes me look much better than, uh, than I thought. And, you know, I mean, it's a continual thing. You always mm. want to prove to the next person that you're something worthwhile. For sure. But um, it's just something that, like, I, again, you just kind of, you look at the numbers, but you just kind of got to ignore them at the same time. Mm, absolutely. So. Do you feel a sense of, like, responsibility being somebody that, um, like you said, I look at Breaking Entering as one of the, the, the hubs for... Milwaukee yeah. music. You know, when I want to find some new Milwaukee music, I, I go on your website along yeah. with, you know, Shepherd Express or something like that. So right. do you feel a sense of responsibility? Yeah. Now I now I definitely do, especially within the recent years with the the landscape of just um Milwaukee media in general. Mm. So like uh my wife used to work for the Journal Sentinel. Mm. She got laid off because they were downsizing. They got bought out a couple times over. Um I, I you could already see the writing on the wall with like the the Journal Sentinel is kind of going that way where like they really only have 
you know, they used to have a full building of of writers and now it's down to a handful of guys and it's syndicated stuff from, you know, USA Today or wherever it's yeah. from now. Um, they have a good writer in Piet Levy, but he also has to cover everything from like when Paul McCartney plays a stadium, like plays Lambeau Field in Green Bay, mm-hmm. all the way down to like the Milwaukee music that are people just trying to get hurt. So he's got a huge gamut of things to cover. Um some of the other sites, you know, really only have one person that is like yeah. their their music guy. And so for me, I'm like, well, we're just music. You know, we're not lifestyle. We're not, um, you know, we're not trying to do like a sports section too mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like, um, so if we're just music, we need to be the best at doing Milwaukee music, Yeah, you know? So part of that includes covering everybody from like the people that are on and close to getting signed to like, the kid that put something up on SoundCloud that just sounds dope, and like yeah. we need to go cover that guy, because otherwise that guy's going to stop doing it, and then you know, true, you've true. got nothing, you know. Absolutely. Do you? I have to ask you. Do you? Uh, do you ever think about expanding in a way to covering more? Yep. Topics? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, we got a blessing in disguise about a year ago. I mean, I've already had like friends that help cover it. Um, my buddy Patrick Carroll does uh, concert reviews for for us and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We have a great relationship with uh, Paps Paps Theater Group. So um, anytime we need shows, he kind of gets to go. And anytime he wants to go cover him, he covers him there. Yeah. Um, we got a blessing in disguise about a year ago when Ben Slowey came on because he was fresh out of college, just wants to be in music journalism, and works his ass off now. Nice. Like. Nice. Our Mondays end up kind of being like the Ben Slowey day because like he's at four shows somewhere in the city and interviewing someone at all of them nice. and then posting all those articles. So that has helped immensely. Um, he does his own podcast that he puts out like damn near every day. He's got a new video on YouTube of yeah. of his stuff. So like we're expanding that way in the sense of like we're more in-depth in Milwaukee music. Um, but the thought is always to like you know, maybe expand out. We have an everywhere else section mm-hmm. um, of like, you know, music from around the world, independent music, but our heart is in Milwaukee for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, so tell me about when did the beat battle start? So this is our third year. 2020 is going to be our third year um, as Big Beat MK running that event. Uh, it's become our flagship one because it's A, one of our more successful events, but B, one of our most fun. Like honestly, it's probably one of my favorite things that I do with breaking and entering. Yeah. Um, the format isn't anything new. Uh, for about a decade, at the same place at the Jackalope Lounge, um, Jordan from eighty-eight nine Radio Milwaukee and DJ Bizon used to run the Milltown Beatdown, mm-hmm. and we started going to that. Patrick and I started going to that when we were in college, like when we first turned twenty-one and checking it out and what is this thing? Like I was still making beats. So I was like, what is this thing? These producers are going head to head and I don't know if I could ever get into it, but the crowd is going nuts for these people like dropping beats and like the bass would hit and the place would go nuts. Like, and we're like, this is just like a a crazy, crazy experience. And then, you know, they were just busy with life, life stuff. You know what I mean? So they, they kind of fizzled out. And uh, we weren't really in the place to kind of pick it up and keep going until about, you know, 2018. And uh, that's when I, I called Jordan and I said, hey, I want to bring the Milltown Beatdown <clears throat> back. Let's do it. I scribbled it on, you know, scribbled the tournament format out in yeah. uh, 
on a piece of paper at work. And then I wrote, what if we did like a concert with it? And we put two people, you know, two Milwaukee artists with it. So we kind of flipped their format a little bit, mm-hmm. but the core of it is really much the same, right down to like how rounds work, demanding an overtime, stuff like that. For sure. Um, so like we really got, you know, I, I called him and I told him all these ideas and he said, great, I can help you out. I can do whatever you, you know, need for stuff. My only thing was just change the name. So that's how we came up with Big Beat MKE because it was the best of the like 20 options that we threw at the wall and it's not even the best <laughs> name. But we just kept going back and forth and we landed on that and said, all right, which it's kind of a combination of like the Milltown Beatdown and Red Bull used to do a beat battle. I don't know if they still do called Big Tune. Hmm. So Big Beat and then wow. MKE because obviously it's a Milwaukee thing. So. For sure, for sure. So um, part of the reason I started this podcast, one corner at a time, and the name the name comes from my sister, Keila. Shout out to her. Because um, I would ask her when she's going to change the world. And she'll say one corner at a time. And that just okay. stuck out to me, right? Yeah. So I like to speak to people that, you know, do things that are creative, do things that are enterprise, and just do things in a way, uh, you could say a peculiar way. You right. know, because this lifestyle, you know, yeah. where it's freelancing or whatever like that, man, it's dangerous, you know? Yep. For you, sure. You know, you don't have a check every two weeks or something like right. that, man. So it's really passion-driven. When you're doing something passion-driven yeah. and, you know, in two weeks it's not a check coming, like how do you almost uh, validate what you're doing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, gets, it gets a bit scary. And I like to call it resistance. You know, it's right. resistance to your ambition, resistance to just the dreams that you have. Yeah. Um. So part of the reason why I was interested in having you come because doing something like this, breaking the internet, like I remember early on into where it's gotten to. Yeah, totally. So you have any advice for somebody with some dreams similar to yours, somebody with some creative dreams, how to fight through that resistance? Off the top of my head, the first thing that I think of is don't chase the quick money because I think that... um, you know, it's very easy to get to get sucked into that and say, this has to turn a profit right away. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that that really can be a feasible model long term. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've been fortunate that, you know, I've, I've stayed employed and I've, you know, had a nine to five job the whole time that I've really run breaking and entering full time. You yeah. know, not a lot of creative people are going to say, you know, that they're still working. And a lot of people are going to say, well, why don't you just quit your job and go after it. Um, I think that what we're doing with breaking and entering is that I'm building an audience to the point where like it's attractive to people and it's part of it is so not focused on the money that people are going to come to come to see it and they don't feel like they're getting hit over the head with ads. They don't feel like they're, you know what I mean? Like I'm not pushing something to get clicks or anything like that. Like, yeah, I want people to see my website, of course, 100%. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say that would be my biggest advice would be to not chase the quick money because in the end, if you come off and you do something that looks inauthentic for money, that kills your whole credibility, kills all the momentum that you've done. And that's not saying that breaking and entering hasn't done stuff for just because there was a check involved, because we for sure have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's there's definitely stuff that I've been like, well, it's going to pay for, you know, whatever. It's going to pay for something else that we want to do, so let's do it. But um, 
Yeah, I would say just don't chase the quick money is probably my biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. I asked you a deep question. <laughs> what you doing right now? You look at your life right now. Yeah. How close is it to what you envisioned maybe 15, 20 years as a kid? How close is That's it to what you envisioned? That's a tough one. Because uh, 15, 20 years ago, I had no idea. Mm. For sure. I I think, man... That is a that is a deep question. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, honestly, like if I when I was like 10, uh, I've got a good friend who lives out on the East Coast, Tom Matusiak, who would tell me that my whole thing was just to not work in an office. Hmm. And that was probably <laughs> like that was probably, and that's a little bit of like the like skateboarder, like we're gonna not sell out and whatever <laughs> kind of thing, you know, All like right. thinking we're tougher than we were. Um, so for me to be sitting in a home office is something different yeah you know like I would say that yeah I had no idea what I wanted to do for some time and then it really wasn't until about like the end of high school that I kind of had an idea like uh, when you're looking at like majors and things like you're looking at schools and stuff like that and I saw that Marquette had one that was like uh, broadcast and digital media. And I was like, um, I always made skate videos. I always made, you know, I was making music at the time just because it was stuff that was fun to do. Like it was stuff I enjoyed doing. And I was like, this is the closest to like the thing that I want to do. Yeah. And then I just kind of like let it ride where like, you know, a bunch of stuff happened in between where like I worked a marketing job and I was like, well, I kind of know social media and I kind of know how to make music and I kind of know how to write about this and like kind of know how to shoot video. Like all these pieces kind of came together. And then like, I don't know, eventually it just, I just kind of kept going. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's where like the website comes from. It's from like all these little pieces of things that I knew how to do, but I didn't know how to do one thing well. Mm. So it was just, let me do a lot of other little things and make it look, yeah. you know, make it all pieces of the puzzle. And that's kind of the closest to it, I guess. For sure. You know, I I have a rule. I never a- ask a question that um, I wouldn't want to be asked myself or I couldn't right, answer. Right. And why well, I ask you that because right now, even having this conversation with you, like this this meeting for me is very uh, personal. You know, I'm passionate about it because when I was a kid, like in, similar to what you said, I didn't know exactly what yeah. it was, but... I think I knew what it felt like. Yeah. You, you know? Like, yeah. I, I might not have a true conception, but I knew what it'd feel like, and it'd feel, it'd feel full, you know? Yeah. You know, it's moments yeah, no, of inspiration. Yeah, totally, I get that. Right? And I think that, I think that what I've been doing, now being 27, I'm chasing that. You know, I'm chasing that. You're not going to get it 24 hours a day. Right. Feeling Yeah, there's going to be setback. There's going to be, yeah. you know... Just the minutia of... Of life, yeah, right? Totally. But it's certain moments where that's it. That's yep. it. That, that's that full You know moment, it. You yes. know? And you can experience that professionally, creatively, especially romantically, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can tell you what that feeling is. Like, it's... Um, so my full disclosure, my I work a day job mm. and I uh, work in an office, which, you know, 10-year-old me would not love. <laughs> um, but, like... Honestly, like, I, I kind of joke that I live like a double life. Because, mm. you know, especially around festival season, I'm doing interviews and I'm 
and I'm calling, you know, rock stars and celebrities. And like, I've talked to celebrities, not to like brag, but just to, yeah. that's the reality of it. Yeah. Um, but in order to do like interviews, like sometimes I have to like go run out to my car and then go do a 10 minute phone call with a celebrity. <laughs> and so I'm sitting in the parking lot of my job talking to a celebrity and it's a break for me from work. Yeah. And then I go right back into my normal job and nobody else in that building knows, but I like, I'm like, I just talked to a rock star. Yeah. Like I was just on the phone with him. You know what I mean? Right. Like that is the feeling of like, this is the thing I for sure want to do because you're like, that sounds fucking crazy on, yeah, uh, right. on paper. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. it sounds crazy to be like, oh, let me just get into the car. I'm going to call a celebrity talk to them and then go right back to my job and my life as if it was, you know, nothing had happened. Right. That's insane. Like that for sounds sure. insane. For sure, man. For sure. <laughs> so, I mean, how do you, how do you balance it? You know, cause you recently got married, right? Yeah. Like yeah. how many, how many will be on one year one? Year yeah. Two? A little after, a little over a year. Congratulations, yeah. man. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. How's married life treating you? Man? It's great. It's great. <laughs> my wife is, my wife is awesome and she helps put up with a lot of what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, she's aware of what I do, which is, you know what I mean? Like she's aware of the time and she sees where it's going. Um, and that might mean the little things of like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, made lunch for you for this morning. Cause I know that you've been busy writing and doing whatever, or, you know, little things like that. I don't know. Um, it helps that she's like a huge supporter and knows what she, you know, And like she's also she's also doing something that she wants to do right now. She's going back to school for you know, athletic training and nice. you know ditched her ditched working in marketing. She had already had a degree in marketing and uh, is going back to do the things she wants to do. So like we push each other to you know support yeah. each other's dreams, kind of thing. That's beautiful. You know, that's beautiful. That's just I mean, and we've been together a long time, so we know how each other thinks yeah. um, for better or for worse. <laughs> uh, but that's the reality of it. I don't know. We just, we push each other to, to do what we want to do and we help each other out. So, yeah. Yeah, man. That, that's a beautiful thing, man. I, that's, that's huge. You know, when you have that, that, your best friend, you know, your best friend that yeah. supports your dream, man. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I know, man, listen, man, as, as a creative, as somebody that's enterprising, you know, I know if I could speak for myself, man, like I'm sensitive, you know? Yep. I mean? You get passionate about the thing yeah, you're attached to. Yeah. yeah. So the person that the person that's closest to you for them to support what you're doing. Yeah. And you have I, to when they give you input, you have to trust that. For sure. Like I'm fortunate that she has a you know, a business background, a marketing background. Yeah. So she's somebody that I can push uh, you know, an idea out to and I can say, Is this stupid? And she'll <laughs> come back to me and she'll tell me like, how is this gonna be work? You know, how are you gonna make it work? Or yeah. like whatever. Like if I have a new idea for something for the site or the company in general and be like, hey, what if we did this? You know, yeah. like and I, I trust her business sense on it, which is all all super helpful. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. So same as she can come to me with anything and I will tell her like, yeah, how is this gonna work or does this work for you kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. Let me ask you, man. Do you have any? Uh, who, who are your your inspirations? That's a tough one. Um, Personally, whatever. Inspirations. I mean, I probably look to musicians that I like. Um, my favorite band is a band called No Effects. Yeah. 
And their lead singer, Fat Mike, is not somebody to be really looking up to uh, in the traditional sense, but it is always somebody that has always done his own thing. And there's something very powerful to be said for that. I Mm. think that 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 is where like the the punk rock in me comes out is like the like do your own thing and like you don't have to listen to like what people really you know this is not the straight and narrow path right you know what I mean this whole thing that I'm doing and like I don't know I think it comes out of that that influence of like that and like skateboarding and all of that mm-hmm. it's probably so maybe not a specific person but just those kind of like lifestyles of like you know, nothing really has rules, you know, like yeah. you can do it, you know, however you want to do something, especially now <laughs> with the internet, you can do whatever you want, however you want mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> and like, you're going to find somebody out there that's going to agree with what you do and they're going to follow that or, you know, support that. Yeah. So man, this is deeper than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> hey, hey, li- hey, listen, I, I asked you, <laughs> I said, have you listened to the podcast? Right, like, right. It, it's not, you know, just your... Yeah, I know, but I didn't expect to go there, man. <laughs> hey, man, this is what you get with me, man. You right. Because I'm a critical thinker. You know, so we talk about, man, what we have in common. I'm looking at these records. Yeah. These DVDs. I mean, you still got DVDs, man. Yeah, we got a, you got a wall of DVDs on one side. You got wall records. Those are the CDs that I have. Right. This part is, like, mostly me. The CDs are, like, all, like, yeah. stuff that I... That's the stuff that I was growing up and buying. That mm. was 20 bucks a piece at, at, uh, at Best Buy. Yeah, man. You go in, you would go in on the weekend, you would buy something. You had to get something. Dude, I would skip school to go buy CDs. Yeah, man. that was, you know what I mean? Like... I was always the one that like I got into into the CD store, the record store, whatever, and I was like, "Well, I'm walking out with something." Exactly, exactly. So. You know, you was you was talking about uh, rock or whatever, and man, I I came across. I was at um, this was some months ago. I was working at a job that I ultimately got fired from, but the one thing that it was good for, if anything, was it was a guy. He would always play. His rock and roll, real loud. Yep. Real loud, man. Okay. And I, I love all music. Right. I love all music. And he got to playing this song, and, you know, I pulled a Shazam out, man. Yeah. And I go in the car and listen to it. Um, Eric Clapton. Okay. And Steve Winwood. Okay. Double, Double Trouble Live. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, that record might be in this wall of vinyl somewhere. Dude, can, <laughs> can, I, can I tell you, man, like, that song... Like had a visceral effect on me. Yeah, you know, and, and listen, it's just like man, the it, it's hard to put into words, man, the feeling that any any piece of art can convey, but in particular, music. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's crazy because I listened to that, and that inspired like something that I wrote later in that day. I think I wrote like a chapter of my book. Yeah, with that based in my, off of you get what that I'm saying? Feel yeah, 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 yeah totally, yeah, absolutely, man. So. You know, the question for you is, does does the music that people send to you, I know not every song, but the local artists, what they send to you, does it really inspire you in a way when you go to that blog or when you write anything? Is that music inspiring you? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, even before, you know, before you showed up today, we were, I was listening to the record by Flat Teeth that came out last, last year. Mm. It was one of my favorite records, but like, I heard, you know, stuff that's like, 
there's certain records that when I hear stuff, I'm like, this could be on a major label. This yeah. could be yeah. a thing. You know what I mean? That's inspiring for me because I'm like, well, that needs to be covered because mm. people need to hear, like, really, okay. So I guess maybe the main focus of part of what why I started posting music online on a website was because I knew that I was going to be on Facebook and just sharing the stuff anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I knew, like, my Facebook was going to be like, you should hear this album or you should yeah. hear this or see this video, this cool thing. And I was like, why not all house that in one separate thing? For sure. And turn that into a, uh, you know, into a thing, into a, you know, a yeah, blog at the yeah. time. Um, so that's the inspiration is when I hear stuff, certain records where I'm just like, this this should be bigger. This could be huge, you know? Absolutely. Flat Teeth is one of the records that I think so. First time I heard Solo, um, which is a band that's not around anymore, but they're incredible, alternative rock band. Um, they actually sent me a CD in the mail. Mm. I put it on at my parents' house when I was still living there. And I heard it, and I think I wrote maybe like five or six paragraphs, which normally the write-ups on Breaking and Entering, not necessarily the longest thing in the world. Right. They're about 110, 150 words-ish because the music is the main attraction of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's the reason why you clicked on the thing anyway. So like, but I like gushed over this solo record. I was like, it's so, so good. Yeah. Um, but there's a few bands that are like that. Whenever they put out stuff that I'm just like, this needs to be bigger. And so that inspires me to write it about it. Yeah. You know? And that's why I asked because, you know, I think that somebody that writes about music, um, and, and especially for me, is as interesting as the actual musician because that person still has that love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, and totally. They're moved by it in a way. And they, like I said, you created a platform. Like you just said, you created a platform. Yeah. For people, you know what I'm saying, to put their music out, man. Right. You know, and gain more exposure. So that's that's an awesome thing. So who name some of your favorite Milwaukee artists? Right now, well, yeah, Flat Teeth right now is one that like that record is just stuck in my head. Um on the hip hop side, I have become friends with Shley Berry okay. and uh really like what she's doing. Something different. Classic is always I've known classic since um since I was producing music. Yeah. And he was just a producer at the time too. He hadn't even started rapping. Mm -hmm. So I saw like I had know that there's a YouTube video out there the first time that I've seen classic rap. Right, right. Uh it was with a group called the Cranberry Show that I used to I produce for. Them. Yep. Man, yeah. I remember them. Yeah. That was one of the first records that I like produced and I got it back, the final version. I was yeah. like somebody's rapping on my beat and I like ran around the house playing it, loved it. Yeah. Like um, so I've known Classic for forever. That last album that him. he put out, man, that was, I yeah. really enjoyed that. He asked, uh, um, Carlos, you know Carlos, uh, yeah, yeah. Rowan, um, he had shared my podcast and Classic had liked it, so I reached out to him. He should be on the podcast soon, man, but I listened yeah. to his, his music, man, real dope, dude, real yeah. dope artist. Yeah, dude. he's just doing something that is so himself. For sure. You know For what I sure. mean? There's That's the best way to describe it is the stuff that he is doing is not trying to make the radio record. He's not trying to make somebody else's record. That yeah. is uniquely like, he. that's a thing he does. That's yeah. him, you know? Um, who else? I could go on for days, man. <laughs> of like yeah, man. The people yeah. that I like that really, really have been making good stuff. Um, always like what Gold is doing. Always like what Abby Jean do, is doing. Mm. Uh, I think Reyna writes some of the best pop songs. Um, 
I heard one new song from Lex Allen that hasn't come out yet that I I literally stopped him and said, send me that record. Because I DJ once in a while just for fun. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, send me that record because I need that record in my set. For sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's there's always new people surprising me. Um, Kenny Hoopla came out of nowhere. And like his story of like, he only puts out a couple records once in a while because mm-hmm. he can only get to the studio so ever so often. But then they come out and they're like perfect. Yeah, for <laughs> and sure. you're like, what the hell? For sure. Um God, I don't know. Offhand I'm blanking, but I'm sure it's a million acts. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I really love the story of like Twan Mac, our host, the MC for Big Beat MK. Mm-hmm. Um very briefly, I won't tell his story because he can tell it way better than anyone. Uh was in a group in the like late 80s, early 90s, with one of the first uh, first Milwaukee artists played on BET. Uh, he had a video that is out on YouTube now. You can go find it. But, um, you know, basically got caught up in, you know, thinking it was going to be something major. And then, then, you know, was pushed into like street life a little bit, mm. you know, uh, went away for a little bit, came back, and now has a fresh new perspective on everything. And is now making adult contemporary hip-hop, which nice. is how he brands himself, and it's what he makes. He makes, you know, not boom-bap, not old-school. Like, it is a fresh version uh, of that. So, yeah. um, and he's finally doing some really big things with it, too. And he's, honestly, he's, like, one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet. For seriously. sure. Like, for sure. Man. For sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, that's that's definitely dope, man. I remember um, you know, um I performed there once at, at, at your event. Yeah, you were I think you were the first night of I think the Big Beat tournament. Night. I think you were the opening night first year. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's crazy, man. Yeah. That's, man, listen, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Like that experience being on that stage, I do miss it. I do miss it for yeah. sure. But um, man, my guy Alexander, man, listen, yeah. He, he could rap his ass off, man. He, and I told him, I said, bro, I don't got to rap no more. You got it. You right. know what I mean? You got it. And I see, the, I see the work ethic, man. I see his grind. He got some stuff coming too, man. Yeah. Look out for him. And, and my guy, Smokey Jones, too. He performed at yeah, your yeah. joint too, man. Yeah. Real dope dude, man. Hey, so I like to always, my last question, um, you know, this is one corner at a time. Yeah. So I ask people, you know, to to identify their corner, you know, and obviously that's a metaphor for just, you know, right. your mission and what you what you want to accomplish, right? So, I mean, and you could take this from personal, professional, creatively, like what is your corner? What what impact do you want to do you want to have? Well, I know what I know what the goal is for me. Um the goal is definitely be my own boss. Um, live on my own kind of terms of like, and be, I mean, you know, and do it sustainably, mm-hmm. do it health. You know what I mean? Like, you, like I said, don't chase the quick money. Like, yeah. exactly, you know. Um, but as far as like the lane that I think I'm in for, you know, on a, on a much larger scale for like uh, Milwaukee music, let's say, mm-hmm. is to really just elevate it to the point where there isn't that inferiority complex of like, you know, oh, we're not Chicago, we're not LA. Like, who cares? You don't have to be. Like, like I said earlier, you can do anything on your own terms on the internet now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like that is the game changer. That is the level playing field for everybody. So if you are a kid in, you know, Milwaukee or Branson, Missouri, or <laughs> 
wherever the hell, you know what I mean? Like you can make, you can do your thing and make that known. Um, but for Milwaukee music, my thing is to just elevate the music scene here to the point where like, they don't care about not being LA or being Chicago or whoever, Yeah, you know, like they, they've got a thing here that they can rely on and that that's us, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, just trying to make it as big as I can. And, and I mean, with the beat battle and everything like that, like, like I said, it's the most fun thing that I do. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I would not put in the work to for months and months beforehand. People think that it's, you know, it's eight weeks, but it starts in January. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. January through June is big beat season for me. <laughs> for sure. So, like, there. I mean, I would not put that work in if I didn't really think that I, or didn't believe that I have something. Absolutely. You know, and that's, and that's just like the most fun, you yeah. know, it's makes it all worth it when you get in and you see a, a crowded venue and you see people like receptive to what you do. And it's not like, damn, I just did all this work for nothing. You know what I mean? You can do all that work. And if no one shows up, you know, yeah. cool, fine. But if you do it all and then you get that kind of like that love back or that, that full crowd back, that reception, like... That Absolutely. is the most fulfilling. I guess, Absolutely. you know what you were talking about, you know, feeling full? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is feeling full. Yeah. When you walk in and you, or you look out on the stage and like it's happened a couple times where like it's been so crowded that we can't get off the stage. <laughs> like you're kind of trapped in there and like I can't even get over to like the bar or up to the platform. Like, yeah. That's happened a couple times and that is the best feeling. Absolutely, man. To be like, damn, I did all this work, but look at how many people like responded and everybody's having fun and there's people mixing. There's no problems. There's no, you know what I mean? Like in mm. three years or two years of doing this back to back, haven't had any issues. Like yeah. we're putting on a hip hop show in a neighborhood that is not normally receptive. Downtown Milwaukee, you're right. In the middle of the third ward, probably one of the richest neighborhoods in the city. Yeah. And we're putting on a hip hop show. And it doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter. Like, we're just having a party in the middle of it. And yeah, it's fun. It's Absolutely. Just, it's just fun. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Let people know where they can uh, find you, man. Uh, so you can find Breaking and Entering at breakingandentering.net. We're putting out music every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Uh, Instagram and Snapchat I have a daily story of all just the things that we put out. Facebook and Twitter have every post that we we put out as well. Um, you can find me at Alan Hallis everywhere. A-L-L-E-N-H-A-L-A-S. My man, Alan, it's, <laughs> it's been a pleasure, man. Thank, thank you. For, you. Uh, thank you for joining the podcast. Dude. Yeah, no, thank you for for doing this. This is one of the one of the better conversations I think I've had. This man. is super cool. Hey, so gratitude. appreciate what you're doing. Absolutely, man. Gratitude, man. Yeah. yeah. All right, thank you all for tuning in. You can connect with me on Instagram at Zach Nathan Williams. As always, much gratitude to my brother Ron for the music. This is One Corner at a Time.